Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Proverbs. We read Proverbs chapter 4, the whole chapter. Proverbs chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, Let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom, get insight, do not forget, and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you, love her and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom, and whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly and she will exalt you, she will honour you if you embrace her, She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Hear, my son, and accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. I've taught you in the the way of wisdom. I've led you in the path of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered, and if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it, do not go on it, turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter unto full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet and all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. So far our scripture reading and I'll read the verse that we have for our text this morning again. Verse 23, keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flow the springs of life. After the proclamation of the gospel, we sing from Psalm 141, stanzas 2, 3, and 7. Psalm 141, stanzas 2, 3, and 7 after the sermon.
Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in our text, God tells you he wants you to keep a close watch over your heart. Yes, it's also important to pay attention to the things you say, the things you do. This chapter in Proverbs has lots of examples for our words and our deeds. But the, the danger is always there. That we focus only on what we say and what we do and make sure they are right because they are the things that other people see. They are the things that others notice and maybe will react if we do the wrong thing. Nobody sees what's going on in our hearts. The judgment of others won't make us feel guilty about what's happening in our heart. Their judgment on what we say and do might make us feel guilty, but not what's going on in our hearts. Because they can't see that. But God says to his people, keep your heart with all vigilance, for out of it flow the springs of life. And that's what we're going to pay attention to this morning. God commands his people to keep a close watch over their hearts. That's our themes, theme and our points will be why this command is given, what this command means, and finally how this command is kept. So God commands his people to keep a close watch over their hearts. And first of all, we pay attention to why this command is given. Our text literally reads, more than all other guarding that you do, guard your heart. The Bible speaks about guarding more often. Adam was put into the garden and he had to tend and to to keep it, to guard it. Abner fell asleep when he should have been guarding his master Saul. The shepherd will keep his sheep, will look after, guard his sheep. You, you guard, you watch over, you look after the things that have been entrusted to your care. And still today, we guard, we look after things, we look after our families, protect them. We protect our house, security systems. You look after your possessions. You lock things up. You put them away so they don't get stolen. You look after your business. Make sure it's, it's going okay. You keep an eye on things. We do that. Lots of guarding, lots of keeping, watching over. The Lord says in his word, more than all that other guarding that you do, the things that you worry about and are concerned about, guard your heart. Why is that so important? Now, our text is in the middle of a certain flow of thought. A certain flow of thought about wisdom. The wise instruction of Solomon to his sons about how to live according to the law of God. Wise instruction for ordering your life in accordance with God's will. And he speaks about this wise instruction coming into you. 
Verse 20, my son, be attentive to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. It, it, those wise teachings come in through the ears. Let them not escape from your sight, your eyes. And it doesn't mean that his son has to always have a copy open before him of his father's instruction, his, his words of instruction. But he should always be thinking of that wise instruction that he was given as if it's always before his eyes, like an open book. And of course, that's going to take reading and study to, to remember what you were taught and instructed in. Let them not escape from your, your sight. Keep them within your heart. Those wise sayings, that instruction according to God's law, that, that wisdom must be brought in from the outside through the ears and the eyes and then stored in the heart. And then with that wisdom, jumping over to verse 24, put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. The wise instruction in your heart will then come out and influence the things you say. Let your eyes, verse 25, look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. The point here is don't look to the right hand or to the left against temptations that would lure you away from the ways of the Lord, but keep your focus forward on obedience, on walking in the ways of the Lord. Verse 26, ponder the path of your feet. Then all your ways will be sure. Think about how you are going to walk, how you are going to live. Stick to the right path. With that, that wisdom that is stored in your heart, affecting your speech, affecting what you're looking at, affecting now how you live. The heart is central. The wise instruction is taken in from the outside and stored there in the heart. And from there, wisdom is to then guide all the external expressions of a person. I think of what the Lord Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 12, as he taught Matthew 12, verse 34. He's speaking to the the Jews here, you brood of vipers. He says, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's going on in the heart will come out in the words. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And our text says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Literally, out of the heart are the starting points of life. Proverbs 14 makes a similar point. Verse 27, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. Or verse chapter 16, verse 22, good sense is a fountain of life to him who has it. Fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Good sense is a fountain of life. And where do you keep the fear of the Lord? Where is that good sense, that understanding kept? It's kept in your heart. That's why the heart is so crucial. It holds the things 
that lead to life. And what does our text mean when it speaks about life? For from it flow the springs of life. Well, let's contrast that with the, the other side of some of those Proverbs. Chapter 14, verse 27, The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. One who does not fear the Lord will disobey him, will think that he is free to do what he wants. He won't live in love for God. He won't live in love for his neighbor. Instead, such a person not living by the fear of the Lord will pursue the passing pleasures of sin, immorality, greed, violence. And then the book of Proverbs makes very clear with many examples how dangerous sinful living is. Immorality, greed and violence and how they lead to to all kinds of troubles. Both physical and spiritual. It's dangerous to live in wickedness. But by contrast, the book of Proverbs shows that following God's commands promotes good living and therefore long life. A man who throws his lot in with with criminals is more likely to come to a soon end to his life. Whereas someone who stays away from that is going to keep out of trouble. And the words about life here, we should think of life as more than just keeping yourself physically alive. But life in the true sense of the word, life lived in its fullness, life lived with true love for God and live with your neighbor in harmony and love. Living with a clear conscience before God because there's not all kinds of hidden sins that you're pursuing. And living openly with your neighbor, not fearing that he's going to discover some kind of hidden dark secrets in you. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for out of it flow the issues of life, flow the springs of life. That's why you need to guard your heart so closely. And that brings us to the second point, what this command means. Keep your heart with all vigilance. Keep. As we've used the synonym earlier, guard, protect, preserve. And we can see two sides to that. On the one hand, keep it free, your heart, from what's not good for it. And on the other side, preserve those things there that should be there. So when we talk about heart, we're not talking so much about that organ that pumps blood through our bodies. But the heart, especially in Scripture, is the place of of planning, the place of desiring. The heart has thoughts that come forth into words. Your heart makes plans that you then carry out with your hands, your feet, your eyes. And so what this is saying is 
guard against all, guard your heart against all the wrong influences. Those wrong influences will be temptation and sin. And to just give a practical example from the book of Deuteronomy, I'll read a few verses from Deuteronomy chapter 8. And this is the passage where the Lord was talking to his people about the fact that while they were traveling through the desert, then they got their food and drink miraculously. The Lord clearly gave them straight from heaven food and drink they needed. However, when they get to the promised land, then they would have vineyards and fields they would, from which they would get food and drink through their hard work and they could dig in the ground and bring out copper and other precious materials so that they could become wealthy through hard work in the promised land. And the Lord was telling them, don't forget the message, the instruction that I gave you in the desert. That ultimately it comes from me. And this is how the Lord formulates that. He says, take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes. Lest, he says, when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, your herds and flocks multiply and so on, then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and test you to do you good in the end. Beware, says the Lord, lest you say in my, your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. So the Lord was concerned about what would happen in their hearts as they enjoyed prosperity in the promised land. That they would forget and they would say in their heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. The Lord was very concerned that in their hearts they would forget Him and think that they had done it. And then you see, congregation, how we need to guard against complacency in good times. That also then, when everything's going well, the heart is in danger. It can go wrong in times of blessing. If there's pride and self-sufficiency going on in your heart, look at what I've done and what I've accumulated by my hard work. I can now enjoy it. That, can lead, that leads to idolatry. And idolatry incurs God's judgment. The Lord was very concerned about what was going on in their hearts. And you know, congregation, we don't need the devil and the world to influence us for evil to come in our hearts. Even if we could have a totally protected environment from the world, there would still be sin. Monastic living did not pre prevent sin. And that's, the Scriptures are very clear. The heart of man is deceitful above all things and desperately corrupt. Who can understand it? The Lord saw that every inclination of the thought of man's heart was evil continually. That's the, the judgment that Scripture gives on our hearts. You don't need outside influences to bring evil in our hearts. How we need to fight against that. But let us also realize that the devil and the world also attack us to influence us to put evil in our hearts. And it's important to think about that as well. 
not just to, to fight against the, the evil that instinctively comes up in us, but also to fight against the influences that come against us from the outside. Because those who attack us, they will use the same path as that along which good instruction should come. Through the eyes, through the ears, into the hearts to influence, to change. And then we need to ask ourselves that question. What are we listening to? What's on the media that you consume? Radio stations that you have going in the workplace, in your car. What's, what's coming into your, your ears in that way? Things you're watching, movies. Things you're reading, podcasts. What about the advice from other people? Your friends, what kind of advice are they giving you? What kind of messages are coming your way? What messages do you take in through your eyes? Through your Facebook feed? Through the social media that you use? The websites? How are we being influenced? The Spirit inspired the words of our text thousands of years before modern media. But it's still so relevant today. Keep your heart with all vigilance. With more vigilance and care that you look after your, your precious stuff that you've paid tens of thousands of dollars for. It's helpful to also think in this context about the, the power of the mobile phone. It's so hard to resist that nudge. When you get that buzz on your phone, there's a notification, something come in, something needs to be looked at. What are you following? And what is it putting in your heart? You know, this technology, both in its hardware and, and software, is designed to keep you engaged, to make sure it influences your heart. There's big dollars at stake here to influence your heart. This technology is very powerful for that. It understands how to bait, how to get you thinking, how to get things into your heart. You need to ask ourselves that question. Does it put envy in my heart? When I'm on Instagram looking at other people's lives, why isn't my life like theirs altogether? Why doesn't my family look as happy as theirs? Why is my home not as nice as theirs? can put pride in our hearts when there's lots of likes coming in. I've got it together. I've got it. Others look up to me. I'm, I'm something. Or it arouses lust in the heart. The things come through the visuals. Let's not think we can absorb all kinds of unbelieving and ungodly messages and morals and expect it not to change how we live. God says to us, guard your heart above all else. And keeping your heart involves more than just removing evil influences from it. 
Also make sure what is good and important remains in your heart. Proverbs chapter 3. Solomon says, verse 3, Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake ye. Write them on the tablet of your heart. He says something similar in chapter 7, verse 3. Like Moses wrote the, the Ten Commandments on tablets of stone, you have to write God's commandments, His instruction on your heart. That means to have genuine love for God there and obedient worship. That that's what is required. That what is required is genuine love for the neighbor, really seeking their well-being. That that's written on our hearts. Understanding. Knowledge. Mercy. To do this, to write these things on our hearts, we need to live very close to the Word. We need to read it regularly, to study it. We need to be familiar with its commands. We need to also know God's mighty deeds because we spoke earlier in this sermon about the, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life and the fear of the Lord is in your heart and the fear of the Lord is there when also you know His mighty deeds and His greatness, His power, His awesomeness so that you truly fear Him with reverence. How we need to meditate on the Word in a world filled with distraction. And to give this some color, as it were, with some examples, keep in your heart, keep on the tablet of your heart, what God has said about His holiness and how particular He is about how His people worship Him. And it's many places in Scripture that that point is underlined. When that's in our heart, that's going to guide us to, to worship God according to His Word, according to His holiness, and not according to our desires, which is what people like to do these days. It's very common. We want the world to revolve around us. It's a thing in our modern society. It can also influence the worship of God. That's why we need the thoughts about God's holiness, His particularity in worship in our hearts. We can ask ourselves the question, if we're quick to make suggestive, sexually edgy comments, what's going on in our heart? Or when there's envy and discontent getting room in our hearts, then we'll be resentful of others, not really happy when it goes well for them. Or pushing ourselves to be part of the in-crowd. When what should be in our heart is knowledge of God's providence and counting our blessings. Or to inscribe on our heart God's word about protecting the reputation of our neighbor, how that guides us and keeps us in, in conversations about others. We need to ask ourselves, brothers and sisters, how carefully do we guard our hearts? What sinful desires need to be uprooted from there? And how busy are we writing the word on our hearts? Do you take the time to read God's word, to meditate on it? Guard your hearts, be busy with that. And do you do that repeatedly? 
Do you keep your devotions to a minimum or regular, even repeatedly throughout the day? You know, we need to eat regularly. We have our regular meals. And God has said to us, my word is food, food for your soul. Do we treat the word of God as that food that we regularly need to consume? Blessed is the man who meditates in God's law night and day. Maybe we say, look, I'm busy. I'm flat out during the week. When maybe the elders ask that question of us at a home visit, do you spend time reading the word, meditating on it? So look, I'm busy and I'm, you know, I get up and before I know it, it's time to go home and so on. No time, but do we have time for social media updates? And is that what makes less time for reading and meditation on the word of God? In congregation, also notice the form of the instruction of our text. It's instruction from a father to his sons. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction. And that's also important because part of that instruction is then keep your heart. And that shows you parents, you mums and dads in this congregation, how essential it is to teach your children to look after their hearts. Don't be satisfied if your children just do and say the right things. It's not enough. But teach them also to consider their heart and the relation of their heart to the rest of life. As brother and sister Maring promised at the baptism this morning, you've promised that, that you will teach your children the ways of the Lord. And the Lord says part of that is, is guarding your hearts. And when we see our children doing the wrong thing, then let us not stare ourselves blind at that and only deal with that. Because there is a heart behind their actions and their words. There's instruction in that for the elders in their home visits as well. You cannot see into the hearts of the people you visit. You can only observe their words and their deeds. But that doesn't mean that a discussion about the heart has no place in a home visit. To ask the members, are you guarding your heart? And how do you do that? And what do you need to resist? Let us welcome such questions as congregation. Also those prying questions into what's going on in our hearts. The Lord says, guard your heart with all vigilance. And that brings us to our third point, how this command is kept. Because as the scriptures make very clear, the heart of man is inclined to all evil. Of himself. Man is not able to keep this command. Keep your heart with all vigilance. But the heart is inclined to evil. And that's repeatedly clear in the Old Testament. How easily God's people went astray. How they said the wrong thing in their heart. And so were filled with pride and idolatry and so on. God's people rarely walked in his ways. So that of ourselves what comes out of our hearts would only lead to death. 
destruction and misery in this life, broken relationships, miserable circumstances, all kinds of conflict. And not only problems in this life, but also everlasting punishment for the sinner. Lord Jesus, in those words in Matthew 12, sorry, Matthew 15, He said there, what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. He says these things proceed out of the heart, and that defiles a person. And a person who is defiled is is cursed before God and cannot therefore have that inheritance that is coming for God's children. That's what we could produce of ourselves in light of this command. But you know, congregation, and this is the glory of the gospel. Already in the Old Testament, God promised, He's the Savior God, God promised to do for His people what He required of them. I think of His instructions to His people in Deuteronomy 30. In chapter 8, He said, Careful what's going on in your heart, lest you forget the Lord. And then turn aside to idolatry and your pride and self-sufficiency. But then the Lord said to His people such comforting words in Deuteronomy 30. He said, And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your offspring so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. The Lord said, I will remove the uncleanness from the heart of my people. I will guard their hearts so that they do love me. And God promised through Jeremiah to write his law on the hearts of his people. That's God promising to do what he calls his people to do. And we live in the New Testament age. When the Lord Jesus Christ has come to to die for our sins, He had a heart that was perfect. We look at our hearts and we're ashamed of what can still come up there. But the Lord Jesus' heart was not like our hearts. His heart was perfect. And He was faithful. To do your will is my desire. I delight in your law in my heart. The book of Hebrews puts those words in the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's His righteousness in congregation. He gives His righteousness to you as your righteousness so that you are acceptable to God. He's paid for our disobedience. When we look to Him in faith, that's the blessings that we receive, that, that righteousness. And He didn't only do that, but He also gives His Spirit to His church. He poured out His Spirit and where does the Spirit dwell? In our hearts. Yes, the Old Testament command remains keep your heart with all vigilance. And we have the Holy Spirit in our hearts who makes us know God's will and delight in it. And that too is why baptism is so encouraging. That threefold promise of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We heard it again this morning, but God the Spirit promises 
to make a share in what we have in Christ, namely the forgiveness of our sins and the daily renewal of our lives. And you've seen this baptism this morning and you're reminded of your own baptism and what the Holy Spirit has promised to all of you, that He'll do that. He'll make you share in Christ. He'll work that in you, what God calls you to in our text. And then when you see the evil coming out of your heart still, Don't despair. Flee to the promises, those promises of forgiveness, the blood of Christ, of the one whose heart was perfect in our place, put to death. The promises of the Spirit who will renew us more and more. Cling to those promises and so go forward with confidence and peace and joy. Yes, the importance of guarding your heart remains. It's the Holy Spirit who dwells in our hearts, who speaks to us through our text. What is in your heart is going to influence the rest of your life. But the Spirit is in our hearts who makes us willing and ready to live for God. The Spirit who brings forth the fruit of the Spirit. Of ourselves, we would not want to even guard our hearts and we would pay the consequences. But with the Spirit, we are able to live Truly live as we were created to live in love for God and in loving harmony with the neighbor forever we can live. Not because we earn eternal life. Don't misunderstand that. We cannot earn eternal life. But because those whom the Spirit renews so that they also keep their hearts more and more, they are also the ones whom the Spirit will give the gift of everlasting life because of Christ's work. He gives them that eternal gift. He also works in their hearts so that they do keep them with vigilance more and more. The command remains. And we've been given the Holy Spirit so that we can listen to that command more and more. That we can ask God to do what He has promised. The Lord Jesus put that so strongly in Luke chapter 11. That was a teaching about prayer. And He said to His people, If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So look to the Spirit. Ask for the Spirit to fill your heart, to guide you in God's ways more and more. And so live life to the fullest. Amen.